Item 15 now. Back again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, presentation on reimagined Metro Phase 2. Yeah. So this week we've done uh, three in-person outreach meetings on reimagined Metro Phase 2, two in Montreville, uh, one in Santa Cruz. And there have been those have been all hybrid meetings. Uh, so people have joined us via Zoom as well. And then I also presented to RTC's equity committee. And then we've got a meeting this afternoon up at the campus at UCSC. Um, and so we wanted to uh, just present the, the analysis behind the network plan at this meeting, and then we'll come back in March with any changes to the plan that we've heard based on the feedback gathered on this past month um, and present the final plan and do the public hearing for approval. But we wanted to get some of the presentation uh, to you beforehand. So I'm gonna pass it over to Daniel uh, Walker Associates to, to go through the presentation. Great. Thank you, John. Um, can you all see uh, my screen? Intro slide says reimagine Metro draft September 2024 network. We can. Great. Well, um, good morning, board members. Um, it is really exciting to be hearing um, about all that's going on right now to help um, get you to phase two um, in hiring and all the other efforts. Um, that got mentioned this morning. So anyway, I just want to express my appreciation for working for, um, you know, helping out an agency that's clearly um, moving in a really good direction at a very impressive pace. Um, with that said, um, I wanted to give you um, a lightly abridged version of the presentation that I've been showing at public meetings this week, along with John. Um, you'll have, you have that full presentation, I believe, sent to you um, by Donna uh, last night, as she mentioned earlier. Um, but here we go. Um, so, um, as you know, we've been working on Reimagine Metro for about the last 15 months, since December 2022, and really the driving goal throughout this effort has been to create a network that's useful, convenient, and a real option for many more people's trips than it has been over the last few years. And so a part of that has been looking at um, where and how often buses run and how that could change within existing resources, and that's kind of what's happened so far mostly, but we're also really looking at um, how Metro should increase service. And that's kind of what we're getting into and at scale really in phase two. So um, I guess, uh, yeah, we've analyzed the network. We've, we've, we've had these couple rounds of outreach before. We developed the phase one network. We basically have this record now of feedback that we've heard kind of over and over and fairly consistently that has led us to uh, the phase one and now the phase two proposal. Um, so as part of phase two, uh, the driving thing here is that there would be a roughly 50% increase in service from what's being proposed um, in a month from now, from what's gonna happen in a month from now and what's being proposed in September, 2024. So that's of course being made possible by several things happening at the same time. Um, one of them uh, is the um, uh, one-time COVID recovery funding that um, you're receiving from the state of California that's going to allow you to really increase your service levels for a couple of years. Another one is the incredibly intense hiring drive you're on right now to get yourself up to about 230 drivers and all of the other hiring that needs to happen around that and all your other departments. Um, and another is kind of the ongoing conversations with UCSC about how to um, improve, change, modify uh, Metro's operations at US, UCSC and figure out really what the right role is for TAPS and campus shuttles versus Metro and how to distribute both um, those actions and that service logistically as well as um, the campus shuttle funding 
Um, so all that's happening at the same time. Nonetheless, um, if these changes are to happen in June and September, um, we really needed a plan for how that was going to happen. And so there's a draft network plan that's out there right now this month for public input. Um, and we've been asking for feedback at these public meetings and with an online survey. So um, I guess I won't spend too much time discussing what's happening in March with you all, because I think you're pretty familiar. But as you know, there'll be some increased evening service on a few routes compared to right now. Uh, a few more trips on the Express Route 90X between Watsonville um, and Santa Cruz. Uh, bringing in the new Route 78, which was uh, has been planned for a while, but which will bring uh, service to the Westridge Social Services Office um, in Watsonville. Uh, and making some uh, small adjustments to other routes, particularly bringing Route 72 back to Green Valley Road in both directions. Um, so that there will now be service every 30 minutes on Green Valley Road and Watsonville in both directions. And an adjustment to Route 3A to take into account the fact that the Murray Bridge is, in fact, probably not going to close this year. So um, those are kind of, in some in some cases, little technical changes, and in other cases, just kind of completing the intention of the uh, first wave of service uh, change, which happened in December, bringing in that additional evening trip and those additional express trips. So that's what's happening in March. And here I'll just flip back and forth between March and the draft plan for September. Um, so here's March, September, here's March, and here's September. So um, I'll just a quick reminder in case uh, in case that's not in the front of your minds, the color of the lines on these maps mean how often the bus comes. So red lines are frequent routes. Those are routes that um, come or would come every 15 minutes or better. And when you compare these two maps, what you'll notice is that there are a lot more red lines on this September map. Um, and so um, what this reflects is really extending frequent service far beyond the west side of Santa Cruz, where it's largely concentrated right now, so that we'd have frequent service um, throughout um, large parts of Live Oak, um, Soquel, Aptos, and Watsonville. Um, there's also uh, built into this draft plan the notion that weekend frequency would be equal to weekday frequency on um, almost all of the routes that are being shown here. And so in particular on those red routes, you can think of that service as being frequent every 15 minutes or better in the daytime, not just on weekdays, but seven days a week, right? So that's a real transformation in how useful the network can be for someone who might need to travel anytime. Uh, other big transformational change included in here um, is kind of the way that people would get from Watsonville to Santa Cruz. Route 90X, the express from Watsonville to Santa Cruz via Highway 1, would go from being a peak-only route to an all-day route operating 30 minutes um, all day. So that means that really at any time of day, you can have fast and direct service for people who need to travel cross-county. Um, that was very important for us to get to. Um, and also, um, so that, that's for the express service. Local service becomes more frequent. And then there is this, um, the east-west, the way services are combined east-west would change a little bit. There's been a lot we've heard over the past rounds of outreach about improving east-west connections uh, between Santa Cruz and Live Oak. So that's integrated here. You can see that the west side routes are now part of the east side routes. One, two, and three uh, would go across and take over um, well, the one would take over the 18 and the two would take over the 19. Of course, that would create very, very long routes if we didn't make any other changes, which would have reliability issues. So what's happening is that within this draft plan, and this is really a question we're asking the public as to whether um, what people think about this, uh, the idea is that routes one and two 
would end at Cabrillo College. And then um, east and south of Cabrillo, uh, the same areas that are currently on routes one and two would continue being served by those routes, but they would be called, uh, they would be, but they would be new routes called routes 61 and 62. And the 61, which really serves all of the, um, um, well, it serves large parts of Watsonville and many of the more populated parts of Watsonville here would be upgraded to service every 15 minutes. Route 62 would continue to be uh, every 30 minutes like Route 2 now, but it would not end at Cabrillo. It would actually extend past Cabrillo through Capitola Village, bringing kind of consistent all-day service to Capitola Village um, for the first time, or at least the first time in a long time, and then going all the way to Capitola Mall. So there'd still be some direct trips from Watsonville to Capitola Mall. So that's kind of um, the big picture of what's being proposed. Oh, one other thing that's important to mention, Route 17, um, that's the express from Santa Cruz to San Jose. So there would be some changes to that service as well. The idea is that there would be, um, at minimum, a base, a regular hourly service on Route 17 from downtown Santa Cruz to downtown San Jose. And that that service would be timed so that people could transfer easily to and from Caltrain, which also runs hourly from Derridan in San Jose. There would continue to be additional trips um, serving Scotts Valley, um, both on weekdays and on weekends. I think we're still figuring out exactly when those trips happen, but um, that's the general intention. So why are we doing this? Well, we're trying to follow the feedback we've received. And this slide here show, is um, when we asked people um, last summer <clears throat> what improvements they thought were most important in the future when more resources would be available. We asked people to select which three would matter most to them. And these were their responses. And what we heard very clearly and was consistent with prior rounds of outreach as well is that high frequency wherever possible is really um, the public's number one priority. And so we tried to respond to that very strongly by adding all those frequent routes. We also know that people are interested in, you know, all of these other service improvements. Um, and so we tried to put, uh, bring as many of them as possible um, within this plan. Um, with regards to frequent service specifically, I just want to point out that um, so in terms of overall coverage that's being proposed in this draft plan, there isn't a huge change. But in terms of people near frequent service, there's a massive difference. We're bringing frequent service every 15 minutes or better, seven days a week, with service every 30 minutes, even after 9 p.m., near about 100,000 residents and 40,000 jobs. So here is what that looks like graphically. You see these bars here. The top bar is all residents. And then the next bars, you know, specifically for low-income residents, people of color, and jobs. But what you can see is that basically right now, about 70% of people in the urbanized areas of Santa Cruz County are within a half-mile walk of a bus. Only, well, fewer than 20% of people actually live um, near a bus that runs frequently. In phase two, still about the same people of, uh, that are near service, but the number of people near frequent service goes from less than 20% to almost 50%. And same for jobs, we're going from just above 20% to just above 50%. So massive, massive increase in the number of people near a service that comes frequently and can be convenient for many kinds of trips um, all week long. So the whole point, of course, of this is not just to be providing more service. It is to provide that convenience, to provide the usefulness, to provide the freedom that frequent service provide that frequent service can allow. So that's really been the guiding star throughout this process. And this, the charts here, kind of show you a brief summary of how we've been improving where people can get to in a reasonable amount of time throughout this process. Um, this, these charts are showing the number of jobs that someone could get to 
within 45 minutes and within 60 minutes, 45 minutes in red, 60 minutes in blue, and we're comparing three different time periods. So the top three here are for the average person in Santa Cruz County. And you can see the difference between uh, what was true about a year ago in the spring of 2023, what's almost true now and will be true in about a month um, at the end of phase one, and then the third one for what would be true at the end of phase two if implemented as currently designed. And so what you can see is that we're just increasing the number of places people can get to um, in the same amount of time consistently, um, both within 45 minutes and within 60 minutes. And we've been paying attention not just to the impacts on you know, people in general, but also the people who might need transit the most, including people with low incomes. So these are numbers and these are charts and that's great. Um, but let me show you what that looks like from certain specific locations chosen um, within the urbanized area. Um, so here is uh, how far people could get to from downtown Watsonville. So on these maps, you see these shapes. They are these colors. There's this sort of um, pink, gray, purplish color here. And there's this light blue color here. So if you're in the kind of grayish, purplish area, those are areas where if you leave today from Watsonville Transit Center uh, and you're watching from near from downtown Watsonville near, near the transit center, and if you were taking the bus to go somewhere, those tell you how far you could get to on top within 45 minutes and on bottom within 60 minutes. And the light blue areas tell you how much farther you could get to under this plan. And so what you can see from uh, downtown Watsonville is that there is a small improvement in how far people could get to within 45 minutes, but a really noticeable improvement in how far people could get to within an hour. And that really comes down to, for Watsonville, the Route 90X operating all day every 30 minutes, because that means that even though you might have to wait an average of 15 minutes for that bus, um, the service is so much faster than is currently available on routes one and two that you'd be able, able to, within an hour or less, including walking, waiting, et cetera, um, get to um, most of East Santa Cruz, parts of downtown Santa Cruz, all really kind of job and opportunity rich areas that we know people want to access. So that's from downtown Watsonville. From Cabrillo College, you can see uh, that there's an expansion in access in all directions. You can see those light blue shapes um, expanding the area people could get to in both 45 and 60 minutes, um, making um, Santa Cruz, Live Oak, and Watsonville all significantly more accessible from Cabrillo College. That's really coming down to service every 30 minutes being converted to service every 15 minutes. Most routes to Cabrillo College right now are every 30, and they go up to every 15. Uh, from Capitola Mall, kind of a similar expansion in service, also largely due to increased frequencies. Um, in addition, you'll notice that within 60 minutes, there's a significant expansion into um, West Santa Cruz, the ability to travel there in less than 60 minutes. And that comes down to both the frequency and the fact that we would be tying together the routes between the east and west sides of Santa Cruz. Um, from downtown Santa Cruz, um, this is mostly frequency-based improvements. You can see because routes one, two, and three would all be operating every 15 minutes, you could now, within 45 minutes, basically reach all of um, Live Oak, parts of Capitola, parts of Soquel. Um, and within uh, an hour, you would be able to even reach parts of Watsonville that are near stops on Route 90X. Um, from West Santa Cruz, um, kind of it's kind of the inverse of Capitola Mall. Uh, you get both the increased frequency and the fact that routes go through directly. And so as a result, this is showing you from Bay and Mission, 
Um, but within 45 minutes, you can get to um, large parts of Live Oak and Dominican Hospital. Within an hour, you can get to basically all of Live Oak, almost all of Capitola uh, and Soquel. So zooming out, here is a map that shows you um, within the urbanized area um, where people live and whether their access would be improved. So the dots, each dot represents about 25 people. The color of the dot tells you whether from that place that those people are located, access would increase or decrease. Green dots means things get better. Uh, sort of gray-white dots mean, mean that things don't change much. And, you, um, and then brown dots mean that things change a lot. And you can see that uh, most of the dots here, in fact, about two-thirds of them uh, over the county as a whole, uh, are green. And that basically means that about two-thirds of residents live in areas where in 45 minutes or less, they'd be able to access more jobs using transit. And um, just, this is something I think I've told you all before, but just to reiterate, we measure access to jobs not because we think it's all about commuting, but because jobs are, well, it's consistently available data for one thing about destinations. And for another, we know that Places of employment are places where people go for many, many reasons, right? Anywhere you go to shop, anywhere you go to eat out, anywhere you go for medical services, social services, government, et cetera, et cetera, those are all places of employment. So when we're increasing access to jobs, we're increasing access to places people need to go often in general. So uh, within 45 minutes, the average resident could reach about just under 20% more jobs, 19% more jobs. And we also examined um, not just uh, the impact on um, people in general, but also on um, how that affects different demographics. Um, and what we're able to uh, say based on this is that um, overall, uh, low-income residents would benefit from access gains at similar or slightly higher rates um, than um, the average resident. Um, in terms of other marginalized groups for people of color and Hispanic people specifically, um, those the, those groups, uh, people in those groups would be slightly more likely to live in areas where access would increase than the population as a whole, although they would be slightly less likely to live in areas where um, access would increase uh, greatly. And that largely comes down to that long distance between the um, very concentrated large Hispanic population um, in the Watsonville area and the big job centers that are largely located in the west of the county, Capitola and west of there. So um, so here's how that looks within 60 minutes. So you can see that similarly here, most of the dots are green. That means that most people live in areas um, where access would increase. We get to more, more jobs, more places within an hour or less. Actually, slightly higher percentage, um, 77%. And the average resident could reach about 23% more jobs um, in that time frame. Um, and you... I, I do want to point out that you can see that generally speaking, um, the green dots are a little bit are a little bit more intensely colored. And also, I want to point out that the places where the strongest increases would be located are these dense areas in downtown Watsonville and around Main and Green Valley in Watsonville that are near uh, stops on Route 90X. Um, equity results for within 60 minutes are. Um, in many ways similar to the ones within 45 minutes, although there is um, a smaller gap in those large access gains between um, all residents and people of color. Um, but again, low-income residents benefiting at similar or higher rates um, than residents as a whole. So um, I don't think that, uh, respecting your time, I think I won't take you through the detail of every single proposed change, but I will just quickly show you these slides so you know they exist. And if you have questions, we can cover them. Um, so here is uh, 
west of Cabrillo College um, now, basically, in March and in September, in March and in September. Here is kind of east and south of Cabrillo College uh, in March and in September, in March and as proposed in September. Um, and here's a little detail of Watsonville, which I'll be happy to get back into if there are any questions specific to uh, changes being proposed in Watsonville. Um, and here is uh, areas north and west of Santa Cruz. Um, one thing that I haven't, um, well, it's sort of within the general idea that weekend service should be equal to weekend service. I just want to point out that that does include uh, the main service in the San Lorenzo Valley, which is Route 35, which would then go to service every 30 minutes, seven days a week. Um, and um, in terms of how people are, uh, how we're soliciting input. So as John mentioned, we had those three public meetings this week that were hybrid meetings, both in person and online. Uh, we're having a workshop with folks from UCSC this afternoon. Um, this meeting, this board meeting is, of course, open to the public. Um, and we are also um, directing people as we do this outreach towards the online survey, which is available at the project website at scmtd.com slash reimaginemetro. I should also mention that um, in terms of the promotion of these um, meetings, we didn't just say, hey, we'll do meetings. Maybe people will show up. We actually um, had our uh, team members from AMA Transit Planning um, call up all of the different stakeholder organizations and riders um, uh, that we had been in touch with in prior rounds of outreach, let them know this was coming, um, and encourage them to come and in invite people to come. Um, and so, um, so that's uh, so that has really kind of in, in allowed us to make sure that anyone who's you know really interested and really wants to be there um, has an opportunity to. Uh, the survey is going to be open until March fourth. Um, we're hoping to get as much input as possible. Obviously. You all, um, as board members, are people who uh, have the may have a wide reach um, within your own social networks. So if you'd like to promote this, please, please go ahead and do so. We'd like to hear from as many as pe people as possible. We kind of want to know, generally speaking, you know, just confirm that this overall direction of change um, is um, congruent with what people are expecting and what priorities are. And also asking people specifically, you know, you see this plan now. We have a pretty detailed plan by area. Um, would this imp make improve or would this uh, would this improve things for you? Do things need to change and be thought about differently? So um, presenting this to you today to give you kind of a preview so you know what's coming and you know what we're putting out to the public. Um, the idea then is that next month we'll come to you with a summary of all that we've heard and our proposals for how to adapt uh, this draft network based on that feedback. Um, hopefully um, getting an approval to proceed for then proceeding with service changes in June and September. Um, we'll also be working this spring on kind of the longer term changes for what to do when yet more resources become available. Um, and um, yeah, that's uh, all that we're doing right now. So thanks for your time. Um, and um, I guess Sean and I would be happy to take any questions or comments at this time. Thank you. Questions? Yes, sir.